but I prophesy to you today that the Holy Ghost is going to break through like a flood on the inside of you. And you will no longer live through your five senses, but you will live through the eyes of the Spirit of God. I am a structure breaker. That's my design. It doesn't matter what structure you put me in, I'll break it, if it's a good one or a bad one. So make sure you put me in front of bad structures and then pick up the pieces and put the right structure in behind me. Don't ever have me manage a structure that's in order because I'll break it. I can't help it. I break stuff. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and He's supreme over all creation. Say supreme. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we cannot see, such as thrones. Say thrones. Do you know that the throne God sits on is alive? God does not sit on anything that's dead. Say it's a living throne. Kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Say the spirit realm. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church. Say that's me. Which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who will rise from the dead. So He is first in everything. For God in His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him God reconciled, say reconciled, everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. How? By means of Christ's blood on the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood. Verse 21, this is it right here. Say, this is for me. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. So the thing that separates you from God is the way you think, the way you speak, and the way you act. That's why it's important to get those things straight. Because if you want to have a relationship with God, those are the enemies that are keeping you separated from Him. That's why we have an altar. This altar is a place where you can come to. And us as ministers are going to use one of three. Say one of three. Cleansing Weapons, I'll call them. God has given us the blood of Jesus to wash and cleanse the conscience so you can worship God. God has given us the fire of the Holy Ghost with the seraphim where they take the coal of the altar and cleanse your guilt. And then God has given us the word of the Lord which we wash you and cleanse your thinking. And those are what the priest has been given to cleanse the people so they can stand in the presence of God. So that's my job. My job is to get you clean because unholy things cannot enter the presence. That which is sin cannot enter in. And when you are sin conscious, you are conscious of self. 
And as long as you are conscious of self, you are blind to God. And repentance isn't, I got caught, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Repentance is, I know I'm not right. I need to get it straight. And I'm not waiting another day because He's a holy God and I'll stand before Him and He is real. And I want to live a life that is pleasing to my God because He sent His one and only Son to die for me and shed His blood so that I can know my God and be set free from the bondage of sin which leads to death and see the river of God unlocked in me so I can live in life, peace, and the goodness of God. And the harder you run to Him, stripping off the weight and the junk, the quicker you will break through. But if you're not hungry, if you're not thirsty, if you're not desperate, if you don't want what God has for you, you will be complacent and you will sit on the sideline and you will watch hundreds of people pass you by jumping into the things that God has for them. Can you say amen? And so we're going to give like we've never given before. We're going to serve like we've never served before. We're going to love like we've never loved before. We're going to help people like we've never helped people before. We're going to tell others about Jesus like we've never done it before. Why? Because the person we're working for is not man, but God. Can you say amen? And we've got to get free from what the world has gripped us with so that we can run with the things of the Lord. I want to encourage you, catch the wave. Catch what God is doing. Start leaving things behind and run with God. Because as you seek first the kingdom and you get involved with the stream and you catch the flow of God, the blessing of God will come upon you in a measure that you've never experienced before in your life. It'll be so overwhelming, you'll have to pinch yourself and say, what is going on? Am I living in reality or am I in heaven right now? Your marriage, oh, it'll be the best thing you've ever experienced. If you're married in this place, let me say this to you. You're going to get married. When Misty and I got married, the Bible says, you leave your mother and father, the two become one. I had another piece added to my body that I had to discover with talents, gifts, and abilities that I never had before. She got something added to her body that she's never had before. And when you discover what God has added to your life and you honor what God has added to your life and you flow in unity, you're whole in the image of God with Him at the center and you're unstoppable. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to put you against her and her against you. So that you compete one another instead of completing one another. And as long as you're competing and fighting about your differences instead of accepting and loving them, you'll never break through. And the enemy wants to separate you so bad because he wants to make sure that your kids live in chaos and bitterness so that they're never going to pursue God. And that, that division in the household is a breeding ground for destruction. So the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says, Choose this day. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. 
Choose today, not tomorrow, today and every day that you wake up because it's the only day that you live in. Choose today who you're going to serve. Every morning you got to wake up and say, you know what? I'm choosing God today. I'm choosing to live in the river of God today. I'm choosing to live in the river of life today. Not to yield back to my old sinful nature. And when you accepted Christ into your life, this unstream, well, Christ and the Holy Ghost. Say, and the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus died on the cross. It wasn't just to die and shed His blood to reconcile us, but it was to put His Spirit in us. Look at the person next to you and say, you're a temple. And God wants to live on the inside of you. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 26 says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. You cannot obey God without the Spirit of God. Because it's the Spirit of God that is resurrection life that delivers you out of the grip of death. And it gives you the power to be able to live for Him. Say the Holy Spirit is God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 and 11. I guess I'm preaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. It says, But it was unto us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. Say, by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. When you get the Holy Ghost, He's going to start revealing God's deep secrets to you. How many of you want to know the deep secrets of God? He says, No one can know a person's thoughts except that own person's spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Say, I got the mind of Christ. When do you get the mind of Christ? When you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Ephesians 4.30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is a person? Do you know that you can grieve your wife? You can grieve your children. You can resist them. You can hurt them. It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please Him, by whom you were sealed and marked. Say sealed and marked. Branded as God's own for the day of redemption. The final deliverance from the consequences of sin. The Holy Spirit is God, and He seals us, and He marks us, and He says, that one is going to get the full inheritance. Why? Take a look at this next scripture. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. Ephesians 1, 14. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised. And that He has purchased us to be His own people. So the Holy Spirit, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you've been marked, you've been sealed. You unlock the river of life that begins to give you the deep secrets of God. And that is God's guarantee that He's going to give you the inheritance that Jesus died for you to have. Do you see how important it is to have the Holy Ghost in your life? 
Say, the Holy Spirit is God here on the earth. You see, the Heavenly Father is on the throne. Jesus has ascended and He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But Jesus said, it, I need to go away so I can send you the Holy Ghost. He's the comforter. He's going to comfort you like no one can comfort you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. He's going to show you things to come. Say, I need you, Holy Ghost. And so, I know there's a lot of people that resist the Holy Ghost. And the reason you resist the Holy Ghost is because you're afraid to lose control. You cannot get the Holy Ghost with your mind. So if you're in calculation, if you're in thinking mode, you're trying to figure God out, it'll never happen for you. You've got to be hungry and you've got to be thirsty. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly will, sh will flow rivers of living water. So there's, there's an invitation to come, but you've got to be hungry, you've got to be thirsty, you've got to want it. I can tell when people come to the altar and I lay my hands on them, if they're in receiving mode, if they're in complacent mode, or if they are in resistance mode. I can feel it. You say, how do you know? Because I feel the river of God flowing out of me and I can feel if it's coming back at me. If you're like waiting for God to do something, or if you're in faith and you say, I'm here to grab what God has. And, and what gets you hungry for the Holy Ghost is when you have the Word of God that gives you a promise and then you stand here in faith and you say, God, I'm trusting that when hands are being laid on me, I am going to receive the thing that you said in your Word. See, that's when you come in faith. That's when you're going to see your breakthrough. God doesn't respond to complaining. He doesn't respond to whining. God hates that. He'll let you die in the wilderness in your complaining, going around your problem, round and round and round again. He's like, you're dead. You're going to keep going around that mountain. You don't want to listen. You don't want to open your heart. You want to be stubborn. You want to be rebellious. Well, live there until you're ready to come out. But what's sad is that most people never make the decision to get out. And you can live 10, 20, 30, 40 years in the wilderness, and God is waiting right there to give you everything your heart desires, but you can't see it because complaining and whining and your problem has consumed your thinking. You took a look at the world, and you looked at it with your five senses, and you said, I am limited. But I prophesy to you today that the Holy Ghost is going to break through like a flood on the inside of you. And you will no longer live through your five senses, but you will live through the eyes of the Spirit of God. Jesus is coming back. Say, so He's coming back. Go to Matthew chapter 17, verse 17. Matthew 17, 17. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and his two brothers, James and John, and he led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun. Imagine that. His face shone like the sun. And his clothing became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. And Peter exclaimed, Lord, it is wonderful for us to be here. 
If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified, say terrified, and fell on their face on the ground. And Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Do not be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they only saw Jesus who was standing there. This picture of Jesus glorified, say glorified. He transformed and he transfigured and he changed. He went from being a natural man to glorified man. That is a picture of what will happen to your body when Jesus gives you your brand new body. You will be clothed in light and you will shine with the glory of God. And this is what Adam and Eve wore before they fell in the garden. This body never dies. This body never gets tired. This body is never weak or feeble. It will never get sick. This body that we're going to put on, hey, Iron Man, you got nothing. Thor, put the hammer down. Can you imagine? You will think and you will travel and you will arrive. You travel by the speed of thought. Walk on water. Walk through walls. Appear in places. I tried to walk on water once. Come on, who tried to do that? Tried. Who, who? Come on. Guys, I know us guys. We're like, Jesus walked on water. I'm going to walk on water. I remember Mike. He tried to walk through a wall. I've tried that. I said, Lord, Jesus walked through the wall into the room and met the disciples. I'm going to walk through the wall. Boom. No, Jesus, I'm not walking through the wall. <laughs> who wants that glorified body? I'm ready for my new body. Can you say amen? This is what it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17. Well, before I go there, let me go here. Go, go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. It says, in my first book, I told you, Theopolis. Yeah, I'm glad we've got different names nowadays. About everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. Say, Jesus was taken up to heaven. It says it right there in the book of Acts. After giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. And during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Say, it's a command. You say, command. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking Him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. Look at somebody and say, God knows the day and the hour, but you know 
the season. See, if you knew the day and the hour, then at five minutes before the hour, you would get ready. But he didn't give you the day and the hour. He can come expect unexpectedly at any time, but he's given you the season. So you have to be ready all the time. It's a pretty smart God. Yeah, I mean, what a parent. The Father has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But, say but, you will receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other ends of the world. Fort Pierce, Port St. Lucie, St. Lucie County, the state of Florida. Wherever he sends you. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It gives you power to be a witness. So when you say the name of Jesus, it's not some religious thing. There's power behind it. The person feels it. And their life will never be the same again. See, there's a difference between somebody who genuinely carries the resurrection life, the Holy Ghost on the inside of them, and somebody who's just a churchgoer. There's a big difference. You can see it in their faces. You can see it in their eyes. You can hear it in their voice. They're full of faith. They are full of life. Because it's the power of God on the inside of you. But let me tell you, the power of God will go from the inside of you and will come upon you in moments. And in those moments, you will stand and you will speak as God. And the gifts... And the word of the Lord will come forth, and you will speak to the spirit of the other person, not their mind. And the power of God will come upon them, and they'll feel it. I feel it in this room. I'm like Chris. I sing bad, but I try. Where's Siobhan? Uh, hey, Siobhan. Hey, everybody online. Just smile and wave at everybody online. You need to be in the room. You need to get away from your computer, and you need to get in the room because the power of God is, is tangible in here. I mean, it's great watching online, but you get distracted by people texting you and Facebook and emails and the refrigerator. So put the distractions aside and come get in the glory of God and get your life turned around. Yes, I'm talking to you. We love you. Where was I? But you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Verse 9. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. And they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. Look at somebody and tell him Jesus is coming back. Say, I don't know the day. I don't know the hour. But hey, the season is looking like it's soon. Because, you know, think about it. The, the prophet Joel said in the last days, God will pour out his spirit. That was 2,000 years ago. So if that was 2,000 years ago, we're in the last of the last days. And I'll even go as far as to say that we are watching the final grains of sand pour through the hourglass. Because I don't think we even have a day. I think we have minutes left. You can go online and search. In Sweden, they are chipping people. They're, imp they're implanting microchips into people's hands. 
Just look it up. It's a company. The guy thinks what he's doing is great. He's paying for things. And there's a day that is here, huh, where nobody will buy or sell without a chip or without a mark. But I'm here to tell you, we will not be here for that day. Look at the person next to you and tell him, you will not be here. We will not be here. We'll be out of here. Can you say amen? And in her, let me read this scripture. I know before we start shouting, because I feel it in the room. It says right here, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17, For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with the Lord forever. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 55 what I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Family. He's coming back. There's a trumpet that's going to go. We who are living will be transformed just as Jesus was transformed on the Mount of Transfiguration. Our faces will shine like the sun. Our clothing will become dazzling white. And we will be raptured. We will be caught up with Him in the clouds. And we are going to heaven. And we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. There are rooms that God has prepared for His people. God is setting the final things and getting them ready. And He's coming back to get His children. He's coming back to get His bride. And I'm telling you, those who remain behind, they will meet their groom. The bride of Satan will have their marriage supper here on this planet and they will be chipped and they will be enslaved. Now think about this for a second. On the day of Pentecost, Jesus commanded his disciples. He said, you go to that upper room and you don't leave that room until the Father sends the promise of the Holy Ghost. That's what he says. They had to wait 10 days, say 10 days. But you know, think about it. We're impatient people. They don't know when. We know it took 10 days. They didn't know how many days it was going to be. But Jesus said, go wait in the upper room until the Father sends the gift that is promised. So they go into the upper room. There are all kinds of people in that upper room. Children, slaves, men, women, all kinds of people waiting. They're probably praying because it says when they were in one mind and one accord, the Holy Ghost came. On the day of Pentecost, 
It's the Feast of Pentecost. It was the coming of the Spirit of God that Jesus had promised. John said, I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And so they're waiting in this upper room. Day one goes by. Day two goes by. And then they start wondering, I wonder how long this is going to take. How long are we going to be stuck in this room? And then, of course, you know, the Arabs, they have camels. And uh, the one camel was sick. And so he had to take the camel to the doctor. He had to get the hoof replacement because there was an infection. And this other guy, you know, he, he, he said he, he had his wedding planned. So he left the upper room because he wanted to go get married. And this other guy, you know, the kid was acting up, and they were like, we, we can't keep this kid here no more. We, we got to go. So they left. I wonder how many people left the upper room and missed the moment that God had promised because they were distracted by tiny little things in life. And my question to you is, we know Jesus is returning. We know the season is here. We can see global pandemics. There's earthquakes. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. All of the things. We even have the technology to chip people. The day and the hour is here. Jesus is coming back soon. But are you going to be distracted by the things of life and miss his return and be left behind? And so family, I'm not playing games. I can't play games. I'm not staying here. And I'm telling you right now, you don't want to get left behind. You don't want to be messing around with things in the world, living unholy lives, doing things, you know, Sunday you do church, but Monday through Saturday you're living in the flesh. Get it straight. Because it's coming soon. And when it happens, it's too late. There's no oops. There's no oops moments. And so I can call a line and I can have you come stand here and I can lay my hands on you. But me laying my hands on you isn't going to do anything for you. you got to make a decision from this day forward that I am changing my life around. I am going to put some things into order and into place in my household. As for me and my house, we're going to start serving the Lord. And I'm going to start cutting things out of my life that are of the world, that are of the sin and of the flesh. And I'm going to purify myself and I'm going to be ready and waiting for the Lord's return. Because when the Lord returns, my physical body will be transformed and I'm getting my inheritance. And death will be swallowed up and I will live with God forever. Can you say amen? This is the hope we have. This is the hope we have. And just like the Holy Ghost came on Pentecost, Jesus is coming back. And I want to be ready. We're going to be a pure church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And we're going to be a 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May, God, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. I'm just so glad to be here.